This is Billy Carson with ForbiddenKnowledge.tv. Forbidden Knowledge TV has just reached its one-year anniversary. That's right, one year. And as a show of appreciation, we are giving all new subscribers a free 30-day trial of ForbiddenKnowledge.tv. That's 30 days to binge watch thousands of movies, documentaries, conferences, workshops, lectures, yoga classes, meditation courses, and so much more. So log on to ForbiddenKnowledge.tv from your computer or mobile device or get the Forbidden Knowledge TV app on Apple TV, Roku, Amazon, iTunes, or Google Play today and use coupon code 30DAYSFREE. That's coupon code 30 days free on ForbiddenKnowledge.tv today. What's up? What's up? Billy Carson here. Welcome to another Forbidden Knowledge podcast, Forbidden Rant. Today, I'm going to really talk about the Emerald Tablets, though. I'm going to talk about the Halls of Amenti and a few other things. Right out of my book, Compendium of the Emerald Tablets, still a bestseller. Let me see all who's in the chat over here. If you guys are in the chat, let me see who's in here. And also, let me know if you guys can hear me as well. Okay. Let's see. I see the chat's filling up as we are now live. Let me get a mic check. Let me know if you guys can hear me in the chat. All right. All right. What's up? Loud and clear. Thank you, Brand Muffin 5, Nikisha Morton. Please wake up, folks. Buffalo Soul 222 Bree. All right. Bella the Real One, Jennifer Rowland, Seventh Son, Kadeem Alexander. All right. Let's go. Hey, guys. Welcome to another podcast. I'm doing it live today. All right. Every now and then, I like to do a live podcast. And uh, today is going to be about the, um, the Halls of Amenti that Thoth talks about in the Emerald Tablets. If you don't know what the Emerald Tablets are, the Emerald Tablets of Thoth, the plural tablets, are a um, it's a set of tablets that were written by and authored by Thoth himself. In other words, Thoth, the Atlantean priest king who ruled over the land of Kem 
for 14,000 years, according to the Egyptians, not according to Billy Carson, not according to my hypothesis or nothing like that. According to the Egyptians themselves in their own records, he ruled over the land of Kem, which is ancient Egypt for, for, for 14,000 years. Um, dating all the way back to 50,000 BC. We're talking about a long time ago, long, long time ago. So this gentleman named Thoth, and I do mean gentleman because he's not a God. As a matter of fact, one of the reasons why I, I, you know, I like writing about this uh, person is because he has never claimed to be a God, whereas some of his relatives actually masqueraded as gods because they saw the weakness in humanity and realized that, wow, because of our advanced knowledge and our advanced technology, these people think we're God. So you know what? We're going to go ahead and let them believe that so we can manipulate them. But Thoth actually never did that. He actually said, you know what? When people would bow at his feet and stuff, he'd be like, hey, stand up. He'd say, I'm a son of Atlantis. That's what he would say. He said, I'm a son of Atlantis. And sometimes he would call himself the son of man. Sound familiar? The same thing Yeshua would say in the Bible, right? The son of man, not the son of God, the son of man. Pretty interesting. Pretty interesting stuff. So, you know, it's pretty interesting that when you look into these emerald tablets and you start reading them, you find out how powerful the information is in these tablets and that they're talking about different levels of advanced technology that we just don't have today. We just don't have it. We're not even close. Now, we're getting close, but some of the stuff that these people were capable of doing is just mind-blowing. It's boggling. It's mind-boggling, okay? Extending lifespans for centuries, for eons, actual eons. Some of these people have lived for multiple thousands of years, all right? Which is incredible. Um, Thoth himself lived for thousands and thousands of years. Not a couple of hundred years, not a few hundred, <laughs> thousands. And he accredits his ability to for his extended lifespan to a couple of things. One thing is, uh, in terms of the elixir of life, would be the monatomic gold and the colloidal silver. Uh, they also used to mix uh, the oil from the uh, marijuana, the cannabis plant, with something else, which they, which they never particularly specified, and create this other elixir that they would drink and use. To It, would, it was called the elixir of life to heal the, the heroes, cure the heroes. And then, uh, of course, he had the rejuvenation chambers in the halls of Amenti. And I'm going to show you something amazing tonight, something that I had, uh, you know, uh, a blessing to even be a part of and go inside of in Africa, inside of Egypt. So it's going to be amazing. Amazing talk tonight. All right. So let me start off first by doing a little bit of housekeeping. You know, we got to do the, the beginning. I'm starting starting off a little bit differently now. So I'm going to do my intro and then I'm going to give you guys a, just a brief. Um, I don't want to call it an ad because it's really my own business. I'm not advertising for anyone else. But when, you know, uh, one of the things I want people to know is that we are still in round two of the shares of Forbidden Knowledge. Well, round two could be cut short. Norm, round two was supposed to be a 90-day round like round one was. However, because of some new developments, we could be moving into round three ahead of schedule. And round three is going to be dynamic because we have to get something called a PCAOB audit 
which is a high-level audit. Now, most companies that get that kind of audit, it's because they're going for an IPO or they're going to go to NASDAQ. So we have to get a PCAOB audit. So watch my careful words, what I'm telling you here. It's very interesting. So we may cut round two short and move straight into round three very, very soon. So if you haven't gotten shares of forbidden knowledge, now is the time to take advantage of a golden opportunity. I know a lot of people in here have participated in round one and round two already. The more shares you have, um, you know, potentially the better you can be. I'm going to drop the link in here again real quick for you guys before we move on to talking about the animal tablets. And uh, I'm going to put the link right here in the live chat and give you guys an opportunity to go back and look at it later on. It's also going to be in the caption of this video as well. On to ending soon. Okay, just drop the link here in the chat for you guys. Now uh, you have something there um, uh, to check out. And I also will put it up here on the screen. Now, the Compendium of the Emerald Tablets. This book is currently a bestseller in multiple countries right now. Multiple countries. It's a bestseller in New, uh, the Netherlands. It's a bestseller in Australia, the UK, America, and um, I think it's Japan, believe it or not. There's one other country, which is, you know, oh, and also Canada and Canada. This book has been riding the bestsellers list for three years consecutive, staying and hovering in that top 100 bestseller status on Amazon. There's a reason for that, because the majority of those people don't even know who I am. They don't know who Forbidden Knowledge is until they read the book. Then, they, you know, if they look me up, then they'll know who I am. These are people seeking knowledge and wisdom about ancient civilizations. Right. So that's pretty cool and pretty impressive. And I'm very, very happy about that because the power of writing a book, this book contains a fractal of my knowledge. This book literally contains a fractal of my knowledge. So what happens is, is I transfer my light wave energy into from from a multidimensional platform, right, where I'm, where I'm using conscious thought and transferring it and converting it into a two dimensional form, which is written in a book. Right. Black and white letters on paper, one and two dimensions, right. Lines and, and, uh, and cubes and connected lines that creates one and two dimensions. And so what's happening when you read this book and also when I read the work of anyone else's book, you're actually uploading from the book into your mind a fractal of my consciousness, just like I uploaded into my mind a fractal of Thoth's consciousness. All right. So it's pretty powerful stuff. Pretty cool stuff. Um, you know, when you really think about it, I mean, you, it's, it's a way of downloading and uploading information through books, just like you can download a file from the Internet and then upload it to. Uh, an email and send to somebody else. It's the same thing. There's nothing different. It's the same exact thing. It's the same exact thing, guys. You know what I'm saying? Same exact thing. Okay, now, let's see here. <clears throat> I want to go to the section here about the halls of a mentee. All right. Emerald Tablet 2, the halls of a mentee. Deep in Earth's heart lie the halls of Amenti, far beneath the island of the sunken Atlantis, halls of the dead and halls of the living, bathed in the fire of the infinite all. Far in a pastime, lost in the space time, the children of light look down on the world. 
Now, think about this for a minute. The children of light look down on the world. Let's look at this. Let's analyze this. The children of light. Now, they're referencing these Atlantean people. These Atlantean people are looking down on the world. Why are they looking down on the world? They're looking down from a higher perspective. Now, this could be esoteric by nature, meaning they're looking down on the level of consciousness of of the people here. But why are they called the children of light? Okay, that's pretty interesting. The children of light look down on the world, seeing the men in their bondage, seeing us human beings in bondage, mental bondage, bound by the force that came from beyond. Knew they that only by freedom from bondage could man ever rise from the earth to the sun. So they're talking about a couple things here. These Atlantean people that are looking down on mankind, realizing that we are scuffling around on our bellies. We haven't even learned how to crawl yet at this point, at the time that this was written. Uh, And living in this mental bondage, this consciousness bondage, because we aren't even aware of who we truly are and the power that we truly hold. And uh, but what they're saying is that if they don't intervene in some way, shape or form, we may never rise back to our true potential. All right. Pretty interesting. Now, according to Thoth, only free thinking individuals using their own conscious thought can be capable of rising to a higher level of consciousness. Say that again. According to Thoth, only free thinking individuals using their own conscious thoughts can be capable of rising to a higher level of consciousness. And what Thoth is saying is, In order for you guys to rise to the higher level, you got to change the way you think. You got to change the way you see the world. You got to change the way you see yourself. And only a free thinker breaking the bondage of the of the normalized mainstream thinking, for example, a person that sees outside of that and is able to see around and maneuver through that. Only that person that can make its own mind up and its own decisions based on its own conscious thought and not download the programming code that's given to us by the teachers in the school, the mainstream media on TV, on the news and everything else. Right. The pastor at the church and all this other stuff, what your parents are, what your parents feed your brain 24 seven that they've been handed down from millennia to millennia. Only the person that can break through that and actually see it for what it is and think for themselves, ask questions for themselves are the ones that can achieve a higher level of consciousness. By the way, I have a song with Donnie Arcade and Richard Wagner and Cruz called Halls of a Menti. It's on Spotify, Apple Music, and all those other music platforms. Halls of a Menti. Check it out. <clears throat> so here's, here's what's interesting now. Both says, down they descended and created bodies. This is pretty interesting. Down they descended and created bodies. Now, think about it. this is 36,000-year-old text I'm reading, right? These <laughs> people are talking about coming from a higher plane of existence and creating bodies, taking the semblance of men as their own. Now, they didn't steal any bodies, any human bodies. They didn't body snatch anybody. They created their own sleeves and then and then transferred their consciousness into those sleeves. The masters of everything said after their forming, we are they who were formed from the space dust, partaking of life from the infinite all, 
living in the world as children of men, like and unlike the children of men. Think about that. So they're living in the world amongst us and walking amongst us like a man, yet unlike a man. Because why? They're not really homo sapien. They are, you know, if you saw the movie Avatar, you have a good idea what they're talking about. In Avatar, you know, basically they went to another planet. They looked down on these people, just like these people look down. They, But these people saw an opportunity because they said, oh, these these are some indigenous aliens and they don't even know what they're sitting on. We can make trillions of dollars. We can make quadrillions of dollars off of these ores on this planet. So they decided to create bodies. Sounds like the Emerald Tablets to me and transfer their consciousness into those bodies so they could walk amongst those aliens on in the movie Avatar, but unlike the real person, like unlike the real indigenous. So they will walk amongst them. Matter of fact, even the uh, in the movie, I know it's just a movie, but it has a lot of similarities, which is why important. A lot of these movie writers, they read these tablets and stuff to get their ideas. Notice that they walk amongst the people in the movie, right? They walked amongst them, but the, the true indigenous can tell, can sense that, that they weren't really uh, from the planet and that they were sleeves in some way. In other words, they were they were um, artificial, yet they had the same look in the body, but they really weren't them. During later ages, the ego of Thoth passed into the bodies of men in the manner described in the tablets. As such, he incarnated in his last being, known as Hermes, the thrice born. So his last incarnation out of all the dozens that he's that we know of that exist, because he's got many, many names, Thoth, Dehudi, Tehudi, Jehudi, uh, Lord Pakal, Kukulkan, Veracocha, uh, Quetzalcoatl, many, many, many names, Thor, uh, uh, Thor Odin, uh, Wang Di. I mean, this guy's everywhere. Thoth, Amavi. No matter where you're going around the world, you're going to find a reference to Thoth, right? But during the later ages, the ego of Thoth, in other words, that's his con- they're saying his consciousness would transfer into new bodies using the manner above. The 2045 initiative. Let's take a look at what we have technologically. The 2045 initiative is a nonprofit organization that develops a network of community of researchers in the field of life extension. This is now on Earth right now today. The main goal of the 2045 initiative as stated on its website, 2045.com, is to create technologies enabling the transfer of an individual's personality, ego, to a more advanced non-biological carrier and extending life, including to the point of immortality. We devote particular attention to enabling the fullest possible dialogue between the worlds of major spiritual traditions, science, and society. That's 2045, 2045.com. That's run by Ray Kurzweil, the billionaire. They're transferring people's consciousness into other bodies. Now, they started a while ago, back in 2013 or 14, they transferred a monkey's consciousness into a computer. The monkey is dead, body's gone, <clears throat> but, the, but the monkey thinks it's still alive. It's in there eating bananas and climbing trees inside of a computer. By 2015 or 2017, they were supposed to be able to transfer the consciousness of a person into a robot, which they've already done. And so has America. They have something called the DARPA project, the Avatar project at DARPA, where they transfer a soldier's consciousness into a field robot. So that's already been done. <clears throat> so we have the 2045 project. The milestones are 
2015 to 2020, robotic copy of a human consciousness into a robot. 2020 to 2025, an avatar which uh, has a human brain transplanted at the end of one's life. So they probably use some type of positronic brain that can hold the consciousness of the original owner into a brand new body. And by 2040 to 2045, the hologram-like avatar, they foresee by that point that they're just walking around in a, in a hologram. They've perfected holograms almost to the point now where holograms can touch and pick up things, maneuver things. By 2045, holograms will be able to walk around and feel like real things, what we, what we, or what we consider to be real. Why? Because we ourselves are even holograms. And so they've now perfected this technology or they're on the way to perfecting it. They've got holograms now that can actually pick things up in laboratories today, today, that can pick things up, holograms. Physical things that we consider to be physical objects, right? By 2045, what they're saying is they'll create a hologram, which is a lot easier than cloning your body. And then they'll just transfer your consciousness into a holographic body that you can walk around in and live for forever, right? Or until the planet blows up, whatever. Now, interesting stuff. This is all coming out of ancient text, guys. Think about that for a second. Ancient text. As evidenced by the information provided at 2045.com, it appears that we are following in the footsteps of the Atlanteans who were seeking eternal life in the physical form. Take a look at some of the goals and initiatives being planned by the group of 2045. We just went over those, right? Pretty crazy stuff. Incredible. According to the 2045 initiative mission statement, the challenge for the immediate future is to prepare humanity for its greatest intellectual transition in history. Today, it is hard to imagine a future when bodies consisting of nanobots will become affordable and capable of taking any form. It is also hard to imagine full-body holograms featured featuring controlling controlled matter. One thing is clear, however, humanity, for the first time in its history, will make a fully managed evolutionary transition and eventually become a new species. This is what they're working on, guys, in these laboratories. While we're out here trying to figure out how we're going to pay our bills and, and wh what, uh, you know, what we're going to eat for dinner, these people are working on this kind of stuff. This is what they're working on. You know why? Because they read these tablets. That's why. Darvo reveals the Avatar program, right? The Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency. That's what DARPA stands for. That's what the acronym stands for. The Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency is an agency of the United States Department of Defense responsible for development of emerging technologies for use by the military. According to Sebastian Anthony of Extreme Tech News, Avatar goal is to work on interfaces and algorithms to enable a soldier to effectively partner with a semi-autonomous bipedal machine, a robot, and allow it to act as the soldier's surrogate, just like in the movie Avatar. Nothing different. DARPA wants to develop the walking equivalent of an, un, uh, of an unarmed aerial vehicle, a bipedal robot drone, where the controlling soldier is hundreds or even thousands of miles away from the war front, sitting in an underground bunker, connected to a computer with a, with a, uh, with a cap on, with sensors on his brain, sending a symbiotic link directly to that field robot and then fighting a war without ever having leaving the bunker. 
That's what they're working on, guys. That's what they're working on. Where do they get this information from? They get it from the tablets. All these ideas come from Emerald Tablets and other ancient tablets. They come up with no new ideas. They read these ancient books. When Hitler was out there making all that advanced technology, the one, the, the Wonder Weapon and the, the Die Glock and the, uh, and the Hanabu craft, those anti-gravity craft that he created starting back in the 30s, he got all that information. Hitler sent his people scouring around the planet looking at all the ancient sites and getting all the ancient tablets and texts he can get his hands on. That's how he learned a lot about what he developed in, in his military. It all came from ancient texts. This appears to refer to the history of the 32 masters and the plan they executed. They left their base reality and entered into the holographic simulation we call our universe then proceeded to transfer their consciousness into avatars and build a great deep underground base of operations. The underground base was blasted out by superior earthborne technologies and then protected by a force field. Within this home base, they built the halls of Amenti, which appears to be powered by a crystal that directs energy emanating from the flower of life. This is the Emerald Tablets, guys. This is the Emerald Tablets I'm reading right now. The crystal structure used is most likely the eighth-dimensional quasi-crystal. Now, this is my interjection here with my physics, quantum physics. The crystal structure used is most likely an eighth-dimensional quasi-crystal. By this method, they could project a three-dimensional hologram of our entire universe. The following link provides an in-depth explanation, and I even give you a link to an actual full science article on what a quasi-crystal actually is. And so a quasi-crystal is an eighth-dimensional crystal, which we now know how to replicate even though we're in the third dimension, we figured out how to replicate a third dimensional, an uh, eighth dimensional quasi crystal. Now, the eighth dimensional quasi crystal projects a shadow to a fourth dimensional cube, and that cube then projects a sphere, and that is the holographic, uh, the holographic universe that we're actually living in. We're living inside the shadow of an eighth dimensional quasi crystal, a light, a shadow of light, a light matrix, okay, a light matrix, which we know how to duplicate ourselves rudimentarily. A rudimentary uh, version of it we can we can create now in the third dimension. Look up eighth dimensional quasi crystals or get my book. You know, all, all my sources are in here. Pretty interesting. Emergence theory. Emergence theory is a quantum gravity unification theory that brings together quantum mechanics, general and special rel- relativity. At the root of emergence theory is the idea that the whole of reality is made of information that must follow rules and be enacted upon by a user. According to the theory, information is defined as symbols that convey a meaning. Codes and languages are examples of symbols that convey meanings. These symbols and meanings must then follow the rules. For example, words must be arranged in a certain way to create communication. Lastly, a chooser or some form of consciousness must must exist to interact with the information to choose how it is actually used. Speaking of language and codes, science has observed that reality is geometric at all scales, quasi-crystals. Additionally, some scientists hypothesize that all meaning in our physical reality is expressed through an entirely geometric language or code using symbolism. Bringing the mathematics of quasi-crystals into it and more complete the picture and it can be finally seen. Guys, you got to get the book, uh, (laughs) Compendium of the Emerald Tablets. 
Let's go back to what Thoth says. I'm getting a little too sciencey. Let me get back to what Thoth is talking about. <clears throat> side by side, then, place other spaces. Fill them with life and fill them with light from above. Build they, then, the halls of Amenti. He's talking about the construction of this place where he would put his bodies to get them rejuvenated for, so he can have his life extension. We're talking about building a facility which we found underneath the Great Pyramid. The halls are there. It's all in the book. And the halls and the, and the link to the sources, they found these halls underneath the Great Pyramid, extending out one mile underneath the sand. The halls are empty now. There's no technology there, but the halls are there. But we found another halls of Aventi, which his dad owns. And whoever goes to Egypt with me in October, I'm going to take you to the halls of Amenti owned by Enki. Okay. Incredible. Whoever's coming. I know there's a, there's a lot of people, probably some of you guys here on this live are coming to Egypt with me in October. And we're going to the halls of Amenti. <clears throat> so, builded they then the halls of Amenti that they might dwell eternally there, living with life to eternity's end. 30 and 2 were the children of sons of light who had come among men seeking to free from seeking to be free from the bondage of darkness those who were bound by the force from beyond deep in the halls of life grew a flower we're talking about the flower of life which the flower of life is literally the the face of god flaming expanding dividing backward in the night now the flower of life what they're talking about here they're drawing source of energy directly from the flower of life. Now, what is this flower of life? Okay. The flower of life symbol, as we all know, is uh, is these intersecting circles, right? Let me see if I could put one on my screen for you guys real quick. Flower of life. We're going to school today. If you can keep up. Let me pull up a flower of life image. And uh, and then I'm going to break it down for you here. Uh, let's see. Okay, here's one. Boom. Now let me just share my screen so you guys can take a look at this. I want to make sure I know some of y'all know, but some people may not know. So let me show you what this flower of life is real quick. Right, let me go back over here and I'll share my screen so you guys can see what I'm looking at. Boom, share screen. Okay. This symbol right here is the flower of life. You may have seen me wearing a necklace that looks just like this. These intersecting circles uh, they incorporate many geometric shapes and figures, and also it also incorporates something called the vector equilibrium. Now, these intersecting circles are very, very important because you're talking about they incorporate the seed of life, the, uh, the the fruit of life, the tree of life. It's all incorporated within these circles. Now, if you were to take 64 small pyramids and put them inside this uh, this circle of flower of life pattern, you would stack them in a way that would fill up this that would fill up this entire circle, this entire sphere. Now, these when you take it to a three dimensional substructure, you realize that the 64 grid tetrahedron that sits inside, which are pyramids, by the way, that sits inside of this uh, of this geometric shape. They house something called the vector equilibrium. And, and the vector equilibrium is a point at which 
unlimited amounts of energy exist at every Planck unit in space time. We're talking about zero point energy. We're talking about the zero point energy field, which is one of the things that I research at my tech company. And so what we found is that these uh, these people that wrote these tablets, Thoth in particular, he's talking about building a uh, a base that has a force field. And then he's talking about building these the halls of Amenti and his chamber, the, his rejuvenation chambers and tapping in his energy source is the flower of life. 32 people helping him build this thing. Place in the center a ray of great potence, life-giving in the center, in the center of the of the flower of life, which exists all around us. The flower of life is 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 beyond microscopic, but it exists at every Planck unit in space-time. And in the center of each one is a zero-point energy field. Place in the center a ray of great potence. It's unlimited power. Unlimited, life-giving, light-giving, filling with power to all who came near it. Place they around it thrones, two and, two, uh, two and thirty places for each of the children of light. Place so that they were bathed in the radiance, filled with the life from the eternal light. So I say, open your eye. These are the flower of, flower of life representations, which are encoded with the 64-grid tetrahedron parallax. However, these are actually two-dimensional representations of a three-dimensional structure. The structure is actually a shadow being laid down by the eighth-dimensional quasi-crystal. This shadow is what we call the entire universe, creating a matrix in which we all are fully immersed. Ancient civilizations left us this pattern to show us all over the planet. All right. Let me click high current comment. So you see what we're talking about here? See these ancient cultures all showing the flower of life? Ancient cultures from all around the world, all around the world, guys. Because why? It's the secret to zero point energy. It's the secret to not having to plug anything into the wall anymore. Cell phones, they shouldn't have to plug into anything. You literally just have your phone tap into the existing energetic field that already exists all around us. There's no need to plug in anything. These guys were tapping into that for energy sources. And then Thoth says, their time after, time placed they, their first created bodies. So he's saying after this thing was constructed and built, finally, they created some bodies and put them in these in these chambers so that they may be filled with the spirit of life. So they energized these bodies and gave them life. Even though they didn't have consciousness yet, they gave these bodies life. Okay. Thank you for the sticker. 100 years out of each thousand must the life-giving light flame forth come forth on their bodies, quickening and awakening the spirit of life. 100 years out of each thousand. So every hundred, these bodies would sit in a chamber for 100 years out of every thousand years. Before, so it would rejuvenate for 100, then he would walk around in it. Then he'd put it back in for 100 again and walk around in it again. So if he'd walk around for 900 years, put the body back in the chamber again, rejuvenate it all over. So he'd have to keep making bodies all over all the time. They're in the circle from eon to eon, sit the great masters, living a life not known among men. They're in the halls of life. They lie sleeping. 
free flows their soul through the bodies of men. They're talking about they have the ability to transfer their consciousness to different bodies and walk around people. Time after time, while their bodies lie sleeping, incarnate they in the bodies of men, teaching and guiding onward and upward out of the darkness to the light. So what they're saying is they would take these bodies, create these sleeves, put them in these chambers, and they would take turns walking around and, and, and guiding civilizations on this planet, trying to help man regain his full and true potential. And then, you know, while they were walking around, the other bodies that they had would be sitting in these sleeping in these chambers, completely, uh, you know, null of any consciousness, uh, just sitting there and, and rejuvenating. Uh, pretty, pretty crazy stuff. Incredible. So I'm going to take a break here. I'm going to show you something. I'm going to show you part of Enki's Halls of Amenti. I'm going to show you a picture of me down in there. Let me, I got to find it right quick. So give me a quick second. I'm to pull it up. And uh, let's see here. Okay, kind of had it up. I was on Jimmy Church's show last night. I think I had it. Yeah, I think I can find it pretty quick. Oh, yeah, thank goodness. Here we go. All right, let me get it up for you guys. Hang tight. I'm going to share my screen again. Whoever goes to Egypt with me this October, if you, if you don't know about this Egypt trip, I'll drop the link. There's only a few seats left. I think we got about five seats left, and that's it. The whole trip is full. It's about 50 of us going. Um, this is a 80-ton <laughs> uh, granite box sitting inside of a hall, inside the halls of Amenti, Enki's halls of Amenti. This area that I'm standing in is in the alcove of one hall. And this box that I'm standing next to, this gigantic, quote unquote, sarcophagus, is not actually a sarcophagus at all. Now, what's interesting about it is a few things. First of all, there's 12 stargates etched into this black granite box. Twelve. Three on each side, on the smaller side. And and um, uh, what is it? It's it's uh, actually more than 12, 16, actually, because you have the ones on this side, you have the ones on that side, and you have the ones on the front and the back. So actually 16 stargates. These squares, these rectangles, I mean, they're actually stargates. This is what the hieroglyphs are talking about. These are gates for transferring to other places. It's the only one there that has these stargates on it. Now, what's interesting is you see where my hand is. My hand is literally sitting on top of warped granite. You cannot warp granite. You can't warp granite, okay? Not with any conventional means. You can't hit it with a hammer or throw a rock at it and, bend, and make it warp and bend like it was like it was water, like it was wet. When you go there, whoever goes with me, you will go down into this. We'll get you to climb over if you have the capability to move to, to climb like that and get you in back of this because I'm actually in the back of the, uh, of the uh, hall, this little alcove. Now, what's interesting is if you were to take a line and draw a line from my hand straight to your chest, there's a wall there that you can't see because from the perspective this was taken, it's taken from the perspective of the wall. That wall has a circular hole that looks like it was blasted out by an energy beam. 
And it, the beam obviously went through the wall and came and hit this granite. And wherever it did, it altered the atomic structure of the granite. And this is, uh, it looks like an opening of a, of a gate opened up. Somebody came in through a portal right into this room. And their beam or their energetic force from that beam or whatever that whatever that portal energy is called, it warped this granite like this. So when you go with me in uh, October, I'm going to take you and you'll be able to see this and you'll be able to touch it. I actually climbed inside of some of these chambers. There's actually quite a few in there. There's over a dozen of them in there. I've got inside of some of these these halls of immensity uh, rejuvenation chambers. If you have enough strength, it will help you get inside of one. You'll feel the energy when you get in it. You will feel it. I guarantee you will feel it. It's crazy. So this is E.I. Enki's Halls of Immensity. Who's E.I. Enki? He's the father of Thoth. He's a, that's his dad. He's also known as Thought Me inside the Emerald Tablets. T-H-O-T-H-M-E, Thought Me. So he's E.I. Enki. He owns uh, this particular chamber. All these individual quote unquote gods or these ancient Sumerian Anunnaki Atlantean people, the ones, you know, they all had their own chambers in different locations. This was Enki's chamber location. So these would all be full of his own sleeves where both he had his own underneath the Great Pyramid because he built the Great Pyramid and Lil had his somewhere else. So they all, you know, they had their own chambers. So we'll go to the halls of Amenti when we go to Egypt in just a few short months. It's going to be amazing. All right. Crazy stuff, man. Crazy, crazy stuff. Crazy. Um, when you get inside of one of those chambers, you're going to feel the energy. That's all I can tell you. It's, it's mind blowing. And the fact that it's so deep, the lid on that thing weighed about 40 tons. You didn't even see the lid. The lid weighed about 40 tons. Let me see if I can go back and show you the lid right quick. Hold on. Let me go back for a second. See if I can find that lid. All right, let's see. See the lid up here? It's angled off. The lid weighs about 40 tons. You put a body in there and put that lid on it. Ain't nobody coming to move that. First of all, these gigantic granite boxes could not be drugged or put into these alcoves inside this halls of amenity. You haven't even seen the full hall yet. It's bored with vitrification. It's an amazing technology that's used to create this hall. But um, they have to be teleported into these locations. That's the only way to get them in there. They're, te they're teleported into these spots. Okay. Crazy stuff. Here's another picture. You can see the lid up top. I'm six foot four. So that means that this box is approximately six feet tall from the ground up because there's only about four inches of my head left above the, the height of the box. Uh, yeah, it's just wild. It's just crazy, crazy stuff, man. You can see the pyramid priest here, my good friend. Well, that's my black card uh, company that I market for. Let me go back this way. You see here I am inside of, uh, I'm inside of the bent pyramid of the shore or either the red pyramid, one of the two pyramids. I'm inside of a shaft. In those shafts, you crawl, you know, kilometers, you know, a half a mile, a mile this way, a mile that way, a half a mile this way, a third of a mile that way. I climbed about 1.5 miles in one day inside of a pyramid, inside of the pyramid. Whoever comes with me in October, make sure you've been exercising because we're going to do some, some exercise. You're going to be climbing. I'm inside a Nefertari's tomb here. 
You can see the quality of this tomb and the amazing colors. And you can see what I'm standing between. These images on the left and right of me, those are Jed pillars. Those are technology. The Jed is the source of power. It would literally tap into wireless electricity and they would have plugs at the bottom that would plug into devices that they can power up like light bulbs and so forth. Crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. All right, let me go back to where I was now. Let me get back to the screen. Amazing. Amazing stuff, guys. So, anyway, hope you guys are having a good time. Halls of Amenti. Now, let me go off one more thing here. Let me go wrap this thing up. Where was it here? Okay, hold on. Oh, that's a good one for a second talk. It goes into cymatic frequencies. Um, that would be a good one for a second talk because I want to spend a lot. I don't want to rush that. I want to spend a lot of time on that one. Yeah, I want to spend a lot of time on that one. Yeah. Check this out, guys. I want to read this to you. So, when Thoth is getting sent to the land of Kim by his father, Anki, also known as Thought Me, he gets into a ship. Okay? Now, let's take a look at this ship that he gets into for a second here. Let's read this. See where I can start here. Pretty crazy stuff. Okay. Okay, here we go. So here's his dad talking to him now, right? So 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 Enki's talking to Thoth, and he's telling him that there's been a catastrophe on Earth that you need to go back to earth and you need to help bring them back to a high level of civilization. Right? So, uh, he says, take them by the arts. ye have learned far across the waters until you reach the land of the hairy barbarians dwelling in the caves of the desert. Follow there the plan that ye know of gathered, gathered. I then now thought speaking gathered. I then my people. So he's going in a ship with people, his crew, Gathered I then my people and entered the great ship of the master. He entered the, the, what he's saying, the great, remember the way that they're speaking, they speak like Yoda, or I should say Yoda speaks like them because, because George Lucas copied the, the, the dialect from this, from these tablets. But what he's saying is we got into a mothership. In our modern terms, we would say a mothership. Gathered I then my people and entered the great ship of the master. Upward we rose into the morning upward we rose he said upward we rose he didn't say we got into a ship and sailed out upward we went up a ship that goes up is a flying ship dark beneath us lay the temple so beneath them they could see a temple that's a temple that they took off from suddenly over it rose the waters vanished from the earth 
They got so far, they went into the atmosphere. They call that the waters to separate the waters. That's the atmosphere. And then they vanished from the earth. In other words, they went into space. Until the time appointed was the great temple. In other words, they finally reached, reached their destination at an appointed time. Fast we fled toward the sun of the morning until beneath us lay the land of the children of Kem. Beneath them lay the land of the children of Kem. In other words, they were flying in a ship that left and went into space, found their target, came back down until they found the location that they were going to have their mission. And it was beneath them. It wasn't, hey, look, ashore. No, it was something below them, which means they were descending down on people in that ship. When they landed, Thoth says, raging they came with cudgels and spears, lifted in anger, seeking to slay and utterly destroy the sons of Atlantis. These people were going to attack them. These people were scared. Like, what is this thing landing in our, you know, where we live on our property? We got to attack this thing. You know, we don't know what this is. Then I raised my staff, Thoth says, and directed a ray of vibration, striking them still in their tracks as fragments of stone of the mountain. He hit them with a stun gun. And it froze them and stopped them from attacking. Thoth provides us evidence of a weapon unknown. <clears throat> Thoth provides us with a weapon of unknown technology. Is it a ray gun or some type of a stun gun weapon used that uses sonic vibration? Let's take a look and see. The U.S. military has one. It's called the active denial system. Let's see what they do with it. The active denial system uh, is a needed uh, uh, the active denial system ADS is needed in light of the fact that non-lethal and counter workforce systems are needed much more than the present day lethal weapons are are no good. So the active denial system delivers the effects of a non-lethal weapon that has a similar impact on every single human target. So the not the the active denial system. This is from military.gov. What it happens is if um. If there's a crowd of people coming to attack, this beam can be sent from that array and it will strike that crowd that, that, that those attacking people. And they have several modes of frequencies. One frequency will make you feel like you want to vomit. One frequency will stop you in your tracks and put you make you feel like you're in pain. The other frequency will make you feel like you're on fire. And even they have another frequency that can make you hear voices in your head. All from an invisible beam coming from this this device right here. On top of this truck. Sounds very similar to what Thoth did when he says, I raised my staff and directed a ray of vibration, striking them still in their tracks as fragments of stone in the mountain. So we have more evidence of advanced technology being used 36,000 years ago. He says, then I spoke to them in words calm and peaceful, telling them of the might of Atlantis, saying we were children of the sun and its messengers. He never said he was God. He never not once said he was God. This is why I respect this guy, because some of his relatives did. He didn't. Both never said that they were gods. He always referenced himself as the son of man or the son of Atlantis. And Thoth said, cowed I them by my display of magic science. What he's saying is, I'd be, I'd be, I, 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 tri- I had them people tripping. I showed them my, my little doodads. I showed them my little watch. 
you know, I showed them my cell phone and my little gear, my little technology stuff. And they were like, whoa, this guy's this guy's a god. Until at my feet, they groveled when I released them. So long dwelt we in the land of Kim, long and yet long again, until obeying the commands of the master. In other words, we stayed there until we did what the mission was, which was to bring them back to a higher level of civilization. He literally listened to his father. He stayed in the land of Kim. He went to go see these people who didn't know who he was because they had been, their civilization had collapsed after some kind of global catastrophe. And by that, by the second or third generation, these people are just like barbarians again. He, he talks peace with them. He shows them that he's more advanced than them. But then he says, hey, I'm here to work with you guys. And he begins to help them build a civilization more advanced than it was before. <clears throat> Pretty cool. Then he says, um, who while sleeping yet lives eternally? I sent from me the sons of Atlantis. This is important now. I sent from me the sons of Atlantis, sent them in many directions, that from the womb of time, wisdom might rise again in her children. What he's saying here is the people that he brought with him, the crew that came with him from the original location that they, that they, that they ascended from in that ship, he took them there. They worked together to build the land of Kim, rebuild it, rebuild it. It was already built before, but many millennia prior, he went to rebuild the land of Kim and bring it back to a higher level. Once they accomplished that, he told his crew members, okay, guys, you guys spread around the world. Go everywhere on this planet and duplicate what we did here. I sent from me, I sent for me, go, the sons of Atlantis, you guys go out. I sent them in many directions. That from the womb of time, Wisdom might rise again in her children from the womb of time that in time, over time, as they develop and build these civilizations based on my architectural floor plan and my system and my structure, that mankind will rise back to a high level of civilization globally. That's what he's saying. Then he spent a long time. He dwelt in the land of Kim doing great works by the wisdom within him. Kim, by the way, is where you get the word chemistry and alchemy. Those two things came out of the land of Kim. That's where it originated. Thoth sent his crew to all continents to kickstart new civilizations based on the same basic architecture and sciences. These Atlanteans were global, and each ruler put a genetic marker on their humans, which created the different races we have today. Black people are not black because our ancestors were in the sun. Don't believe, don't believe that garbage they teach you in school. Okay? If you go to study genetics in university, you'll learn something totally different. We found that in genetics, we found that Caucasians, uh, Africans, indigenous Mayans, because there's no such thing as a Mexican, right? Aztecs, uh, Asians. The reason why we're all different in terms of what we call a race and we look a little slightly different, we have different facial features and we have uh, you know, different eye eye structure and so forth and, and skin color is not because of who was in the sun and who wasn't in the sun. That's dumb. It's because of a 2% variance in, in genes, which, by the way, we now know by peer-reviewed science is impossible to happen in only 200,000 years. 
we now know that this 2% variance in races that makes people slightly different from one another is done by artificial means. In other words, somebody, someone did this. It's a marker. And what I'm telling you is the marker is in the Emerald Tablets. Read that again, guys. Where was I? <clears throat> Folks sent this crew to all continents to kickstart new civilizations based on the same basic architecture and sciences. These Atlanteans were global, and each ruler put a genetic marker on their humans. In other words, Thoth sent me over here to um, to rule over the Mesoamerica area. So I'm going to put on these Mayans, these are my people now. And because I look like this, because the people that Thoth left with all were from different planets. They all look different, every single one of them. So he said, you know what? These are my people, so I'm going to make them look like me. Boom. I'm going to tinker with their genetics. Now they all have my skin tone. They all have my basic my basic looks. And so now when people, my, my other people, my other, you know, from all around, you know, these are my people. Don't mess with my people. These are my people. And all around the planet, they did this. Okay? They put genetic markers on people. It's like branding a cow. <clears throat> Another Bible verse apparently copied from a much older text seems to resonate with the words of Thoth in Ephesians 2.10. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared for in advance for us to do. Very, very similar statement there in what they had been given the the workload that they had been given to do by Thoth and and his father Enki. Upward grew into the light of knowledge, the children of Kim. So now what he's saying here is these people in the land of Kim, by the way, the original people and inhabitants of the land of Kim after this great flood, when Thoth returned to re-kickstart civilization, these were the Dogons. These were the Dogon tribe. The Dogon tribe were the original uh, post-diluvial rulers of the land of Kim before they moved out to Mali, Africa. Well, they didn't want to move to Mali, Africa. They were overthrown at some point. <clears throat> That's a whole other story. But up grew into the light, the knowledge of the children of Kim. Watered by the reins of my wisdom, in other words, based on my teachings, blasted I them a path to a mentee so that I might retain my powers. Once I got these people set up and working right and understanding what to do, man, I went back to the hall of a mentee so I could change out my body because my body was getting worn down. Time to get a brand new sleeve. That's what he's saying. Living from age to age, a son of Atlantis, keeping the wisdom, preserving the records, great grew the sons of Kim, conquering the people around them, growing slowly upwards in soul force. Okay? Those are the original people that came post-alluvial out of the land of Kim and helped to rebuild that civilization and dominate predominantly almost most of the planet at that time with the help of Thoth, the Atlantean. Okay? It's already been uh, an hour here. A lot of information, guys. (laughs) You probably can see why this book is is so, you know, it's a bestseller. I mean, I'm barely even tapping into the the information in this book. It's just so much information in this book. It's mind blowing, you know, and uh, I wrote this book in 15 days. I literally just blocked everything. I shut everything down. It's 15 chapters. I said I'm going to do a chapter a day. I barely slept. I took power naps and all I did for food was Uber Eats. That was it. 15 days, I locked and closed everything, put my phone on do not disturb. 
I didn't hear, see, feel, talk, taste, nothing. All I did was focus on writing and decoding this information and uh, created this book, which is to me a work of art because the passion I poured my I poured my whole life into this information. Now, keep in mind, I have been studying the animal tablets for over a decade before that. It wasn't like I just read them that day. I had all this knowledge in my brain for so long. And I finally said, why am I keep talking about writing this book and I haven't written it yet? What am I doing? That's procrastination. So I said, oh, I got I see what's happening. This is a test. OK, I'm shutting down everything, everything off. I got to go to work and I went to work. I went to work, guys. So I'm telling you, Compendium of the Emerald Tablets. I'll drop a link to it here for you guys. Uh, those of you who don't know, um, who, who don't know where to get it. I saw somebody earlier ask about an autographed copy. I will. I don't know who that was because I saw it just from the corner of my eye as I was reading. <clears throat> somebody asked about an autographed copy in the chat. Uh, I do. I used to have a lot of autographed copies. I'm going to bring them back again soon. I will probably say uh, in about a month, I'll order maybe like 500 books or so. <clears throat> And then I will sign them and put them in the uh, where's the shop at on this thing? Moving my website up. There we go. Shop. I'll put them in the uh, in the Forbidden Knowledge store as signed copies. In other words, some will be unsigned, some will be signed. And uh, and so because I have to sign them, it means I have to ship them twice. So the price has to be a little bit more because I have to ship them to where I can sign them, and then I have to ship them to back to the warehouse so they can be shipped to you. That's double the shipping cost to have a signed book, but a lot of people like to sign books. So I don't mind doing it. I'll probably sign a couple of hundred of them. I'm going to drop the link to the book right now into this live chat for you guys. Emeralds. Just drop the link to the chat. Boom. All right. Your Yankee was the good one. Enlil was the bad one. I saw somebody asking in the chat over here. <clears throat> Kimberly says, what about an audio book? So as far as an audio book, I have um, I'm doing it a little bit differently. And the reason why is because once you put your book on Audible, your value of your book drops significantly. It drops to nothing. And uh, so what I'm doing is I'm doing an audio version, which I've already got the book completely read in a professional voice, but I'm doing it in TV shows. So there'll be a TV show. It'll be on Forbidden TV. It's all being produced right now where it's going to be more of a theatrical audio where there'll be some slight reenactments or some graphics moving around in the background and some images and video while it's being read to give you an idea of what's kind of going on and make it more than just an audio. And it'll be set up in episodes and chapters, uh, episodes and seasons. I'm sorry. The seasons will be the chapters and the episodes will be inside of each chapter. And if you just Log into Forbidden Knowledge TV. That's what it's going to be exclusively on Forbidden TV. And you press play. It'll go from show episode to episode to episode to episode all the way down. So by that method, you can listen to it through Forbidden Knowledge TV on my app or on Forbidden TV on Roku, Apple TV, Amazon Fire TV, uh, the iOS app store, Google Play or the web. So that's how I'm going to do it. That's probably not going to be out for like another five months or so. But that's how I'm going to do the audio version of the book where I have control over my own content, all right? So it's going to be pretty cool, like a theatrical visual going on at the same time. So I'm going to do it, all right? Pretty cool stuff. Um, but yeah, guys, thanks, man. I appreciate y'all guys hanging out with me tonight and for this uh, live podcast. Um, 
I'm going to drop the link again in here to the shares. I can't tell you enough. If you have the capability, I know everybody doesn't. But if you have the capability, make sure you get the shares because round two is going to be ending very soon. And uh, it's a ground for opportunity. Um, and people who have gotten round one, their money went at 50% because they paid a dollar a share. The shares went to a dollar fifty. I don't make the share prices. That's not regulated by me. And now round two, our pre-money valuation went from 20,000 to 30, uh, 20, 20 million to 30 million. And our next pre-money valuation going into round three is probably going to be higher. Now, what drives the valuation of the company? What drives it is revenue. How much revenue is the company bringing in? Forbidden knowledge. And you can download all this on, from, the, from the link I just dropped to you. It's all available on the link. Okay. Forbidden knowledge um, is generates significant revenue in many different areas. So we have the TV streaming. It's a streaming TV platform, right? Which is Forbidden Knowledge TV. Somebody asked for that link. I'll drop it to you real quick while I'm talking, right? Three, three little letters, 4BK.TV. That's how you get to it. That's the quickest way to get to it, 4BK.TV. So we have the streaming revenue from the streaming TV platform with thousands of subscribers paying seven bucks a month, which is very a very low number, very, very small uh, fee for streaming TV. Uh, and then we have the, uh, the books, right? This book has sold 88,000 copies so far. And if you add the, the, my other book, Woke Doesn't Mean Broke, another 40,000 there. You know, Elizabeth's book is now a bestseller, Recipe to Elevated Consciousness. And then my son's book, you know, Manifest Destiny Journal, which is doing phenomenal still. So we have a book publishing company. Forbidden Knowledge is, a book, is its own book publishing company. We just gave out two book deals. We're giving out book deals now to people. Cruz. Uh, or, you know, he just got his first book deal from us. His book is now going into editing. And then we actually signed a TV producer who's writing a book on esoteric knowledge. And her book is going to be going into editing probably in about three or four months. So we're giving out book deals. Books generate a lot of revenue. If there are books that have high quality content that people obviously you know actually want to buy. And um, so, of course, we know the niche and we know where people's minds are focused on on books and for book sales. So. We're already in the right pocket in terms of the, the the type of market. And we have already built the following that wants to buy this kind of content. And so we have the books. We also have, don't forget about the music. Okay. 340 songs in global distribution, which brings a royalty every single month to Forbidden Knowledge. All the music that I've done, including songs that have been on Billboard and uh, been on the charts Right now, I have a song on the charts, Woke Don't Mean Broke, the remix. The music video just got produced and just got accepted by MTV, Yo, and, and Revolt, Revolt TV. So in about two or three weeks, you'll see us promoting Revolt TV and MTV. Our conscious music, talking about financial literacy, is going to be on Revolt TV and MTV. We're breaking through, guys. We're, bre- we're, breaking through the ma- we're breaking through the mainstream. They can't stop us. They can't stop us. We're breaking through the mainstream. Uh, and yet, you know, said generation residuals. I have TV, I have music license to TV shows, music license to TV commercials, music license to department stores. Um, you know, and so, and sometimes I make more money than rappers because I don't, I, I, I without having to go to nightclubs and party and, and do drugs, I just sit in my house and produce tracks and make sure it's stuff that can be played in uh, everywhere. Simple, not too hard. Um, 
And so I'm pretty excited about that. So we have the music. We also have our own social media app, Unite the 99, which is a private social media app owned by us, owned by Forbidden Knowledge. And in that app, there's a dating club called uh, Date Conscious. It's only $4 a month and it's filling up fast. People are starting to talk and interact really great in there. We're looking at building that to a million to two million people inside that dating club on our private app, Unite the 99, available in your app store, which is a free app download. And then a dating club, whoever wants to join the premium club for, for conscious dating, dating somebody who's on the same frequency as you. Uh, so that generates revenue as well for Forbidden Knowledge TV. And then uh, we used to have all the uh, uh, all the, uh, the the events. So what I've done is I converted the events and put the events into the streaming platform. So all the events are free now. You just have to be a subscriber. But that drives more subscriptions, you see. And then my public speaking which drives revenue, and that goes to Forbidden Knowledge directly again. And also uh, my TV appearances also go towards Forbidden Knowledge. And so it's, it's a multifaceted company with, with legs and arms all over the place. You know, now we have the NFTs and the crypto. There's just a lot. And so all this is synergistically feeding Forbidden Knowledge and just making it grow and grow and grow. And ultimately what we're going to be doing is going on NASDAQ and getting a ticker symbol and going public, taking the company public so that the people who have shares, we're taking you guys on a ride with us all the way to the top. Something that a lot of companies will never do, give you an opportunity to get in in the beginning and ride to the top. All right. So that's what it's all about, guys. So if you can get the shares, get your shares. It's going to be phenomenal. Uh, this is going to be an incredible, incredible year. This is going to be probably one of the best years in Forbidden Knowledge. We have the Black Knight Satellite documentary coming out June 5th. Of Airing in some theaters. The first theater will be Imagine and uh, Imagine Movie Theater in Detroit, Michigan, or just outside of Detroit, Michigan. You can get that ticket on Eventbrite. It'll be a red carpet event. I'll be dressed in black tie. We we'll take pictures, walk the red carpet. I'll be speaking, and then we're going to show the actual movie uh, and all that good stuff. It's going to be phenomenal. Some of the cast and crew will be there. The producer will be there. It's going to be great, and uh, we'll be doing a little mini city tour with that. After we get done with that. It will air exclusively on Forbidden Knowledge TV, where it's going to do phenomenal. And another revenue source is we just signed our first deal with Netflix. So we have Netflix. And it's in post-editing right now being wrapped up. And when it comes on, you're going to see the Forbidden Knowledge intro, a new one, a nicer one that we have now. I mean, we keep getting better and better and better. But you'll see the Forbidden Knowledge intro and you'll see my name. Uh, on that Netflix documentary. So pretty cool stuff. So we're we're moving on up in the world, getting a lot of things done, working on producing two high-end movies a year and 10 to 12 brand new TV series every single year. We have right now 10 new series in post-editing. It's a lot for the editors to work on. That's why you see new things popping up. This thing and getting it to this high level Way above where it was before. High production quality, high standards, the whole works on Forbidden All. So I'm pretty excited about it. And we're looking eventually to start acquiring other companies, other media companies. We're going to start buying companies up like crazy. So this is going to be a wild ride, guys. I hope you buckle in and, uh, you know, get ready for this ride and enjoy the ride too. smell the roses along the way. It's going to be amazing. All right. It's going to be amazing. Looking forward to it. A premiere. Let me see. I'm going to drop the link to the movie premiere for you guys real quick. I see people asking about it. Let me get the link to you from eventbrite.com. Uh, let me see here. 
Okay. Let me get you this link before I sign off. <clears throat> All right, let's see my events and let me get the link. Oops. My events. Okay. Actually, there's a lot of events coming up. You know what I'm going to do, guys? I'm going to give you the link to all of my all of my events at once. Upcoming events. Here's a movie premiere. Actually, I thought I, I thought we had a link broken out, but we don't, so I'll have to do it this way. Here's a movie premiere. I'd like to see as many of you there as possible. Just drop the link in the live chat for you. Okay. And workshops. We'll give you all my free workshops. Drop this last link and then I'm out. Free workshops. I think I have nine more, eight more free workshops this year. If you can take advantage of them, you don't have to even travel anywhere. Just turn your TV on, <laughs> turn on your computer, your laptop, your tablet, your computer. Just dial, just log right in. Forbidden TV. Okay, sign up for those free workshops. All right, <clears throat> all right, and they're all on Forbidden TV. I have another one coming up here very, very soon, Juneteenth. I'm doing a free workshop on inventions by the top 20 inventions by black people. Really super unique inventions that hardly anybody knows about. I'm going to be covering those on Juneteenth. If you don't know, if you don't know what Juneteenth is, that's the day that blacks uh, you know, actually got their freedom long after the, the Independence Day thing, which has nothing to do with us at all. So I'm doing something special on Juneteenth. And, but there's many more. I have a, crypto, uh, a cryptocurrency masterclass. I have um, spirituality, spirituality versus religion. Uh, workshop. There's just a whole list of workshops in there. Just check them all out. Sign them up. They're all free. Doesn't cost you any money. All right. And uh, thanks again, guys, for joining me on another great night. I really appreciate y'all so much. It's been a long journey, but man, we're getting there little by little, just little by little. We're just taking that shoulder and we're getting there. We're taking forbidden knowledge and making it mainstream knowledge. This is what people are going to be talking about. People are getting tired of looking at TV and, and getting all the fear mongering all the hate, all the divide and conquer garbage, all the politics, all the religion garbage, all that junk. They're tired of it. They're just frustrated. They're tired. They did a scientific study. I'm going to say this before I go. On people. But what they did was they put them in front of a regular TV, right? Regular TV shows and connected the little cap, the little electrode to a computer. And also they put this other sensor on their skin to detect the emission of cortisol. They found that by watching the news and these other shows, it was spiking cortisol and making their nervous system go erratic. Just watching regular TV. We want to change that. We want to have people feel good when they get done watching a, sh- a series or a show on our network. We want people to walk away feeling fulfilled and happy and empowered and enlightened, not disheveled and downtrodden and fearful and hurt and PTSD. See, it's the opposite. That's why I know what I have is golden. What I have is golden because we can actually cure and heal people and make people feel whole and we can have a living at the same exact time. There's no other better way to live on this planet. All right. So anyway, I appreciate you guys. Love you. All right. And I will catch you guys later. Peace.
This is Billy Carson with ForbiddenKnowledge.tv. Forbidden Knowledge TV has just reached its one-year anniversary. That's right, one year. And as a show of appreciation, we are giving all new subscribers a free 30-day trial of ForbiddenKnowledge.tv. That's 30 days to binge watch thousands of movies, documentaries, conferences, workshops, lectures, yoga classes, meditation courses, and so much more. So log on to ForbiddenKnowledge.tv from your computer or mobile device or get the Forbidden Knowledge TV app on Apple TV, Roku, Amazon, iTunes, or Google Play today and use coupon code 30 days free. That's coupon code 30 days free on ForbiddenKnowledge.tv today.